Hi, I'm Chris Lamont, New South Wales Small Business Commissioner. Welcome to Talking Business. Journalist, columnist, radio presenter and entrepreneur. While those roles would normally be associated with four different people, I feel I'm perhaps understating the variety of roles and accomplishments of my next guest. Today, I'm very fortunate to be speaking with someone who is mastering what appears to be four careers at once, the extremely talented and busy Erin Mullen. Welcome to Talking Business, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's great to be here. It really is. No, we're privileged to have you uh, on the top podcast. So, Erin, many of our audience would have listened to you on radio, perhaps watched you on TV or read one of your columns in the newspaper. I think some, however, may be surprised to hear that you have also entered the, the world of business as an entrepreneur. Is this a new thing or an extension of, of other experiences? Oh, uh, look, it's, it's certainly not something that I've planned on doing. And I, as you listed uh, earlier on, it, it wasn't a lack of time or, or activities that, that motivated it either. It, it was essentially something that I discovered whilst in hospital with my little girl and, and the fact that putting singlets on her was very punishing. So uh, I figured if I had the problem, I could either be just really, really stupid or other parents might experience the same kind of difficulty. And it turned out to be the second one and it all just branched out from there. So it was certainly not something that I was looking to do. I, I wasn't looking for any more work or any more jobs, but it it kind of, you know, it, it happened. And then all the work and effort that goes into launching something like that followed suit. It just felt like too good an idea not to to follow through with. And did you road test the idea with sort of friends or family? Or was it just like, no, this is this is going to be it. I'm, I'm come whatever happens, this is this is my new idea. Oh, it's a great question. Um, I did absolutely, having ordered 2,000 of them and paid 2,000 and, of course, got them, used my little sister's baby as a, a bit of a test dummy case uh, and, yeah, none of them fitted. It was horrendous. <laughs> they were they were awful in the early days. Went to a, a lot of fairs as well, baby fairs and set up, and I think the first one we went to, one woman bought three of them and they were definitely pity purchases because no one else was within, you know, a, a mile of the stall. So, yeah, definitely a lot of that over years, years and years. So Eliza was obviously born when I thought about it and I, I took just a basic baby singlet down to a tailor and got them to put uh, little buttons, little zippers and, and Velcro on them and started using them for her and they just changed our life it sounds so ridiculous but just in terms of her not getting upset when we put something over her head so you'd get another 40 minutes without a, a tantrum or a crying fit and when you're parents of a newborn you'll take that every day of the week so once that started working for us I started to play around with the concept and the nurse that helped deliver Eliza actually had a little baby wear range and so I collaborated with her and it kind of went from there so yeah lots of testing lots of different samples uh I took two or three years to get the product right, essentially, and then we went from there. And, and where is the product now? So, you know, the, the early days, clearly some some teething issues, to, to quote a babyism, but uh, <laughs> where, where, is the, where is the business now? Well, it, it launched online a couple of years back and we started selling just to parents as, as gifts um, and that kind of thing and then started to be stocked in different hospitals and gift shops and then Best and Less actually came on board and essentially bought the rights to it about a year ago now, or a right. little bit, a little bit over that, which was incredible because the whole kind of concept and and the motivation behind it 
as you know, you know, I, I've got, I'm very blessed. I work in the media. I, I've worked multiple jobs. I earn enough money, which, you know, I'm very privileged to be able to say. So it was never driven by a desire to earn money off it. It was essentially just something that made our lives easier and that I hoped would make other people's lives easier as, as well. And Best and Less was, you know, affordable and great quality and, and it just, it fitted. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, they didn't suddenly knock on my door and and ask me to, um, you can hear my daughter there in the background. I'm a single mom as well as everything else. But, you know, that was me going on LinkedIn and sending, sending letters out and emails. And like I've done my whole career, just pitching myself to, to everyone and anyone and persevering and not giving up. So tenacity, a big part of the success story. Absolutely. And a really healthy ability to deal with multiple occasions of rejection. It really is, is character building and it, um, Rejection and failure, I think, are two things that I, I used to be absolutely terrified of. And I, I was lucky in my media career early on. I didn't, you know, I, I mean, to get to Channel 9, I, I had 98 rejection letters prior, but then kind of the first 10 years at Channel 9 went beautifully well. And uh, then, you know, some things don't go well and you learn that, that failure is actually something that you should embrace and that you learn from and that happens essentially to everyone. And, and same as rejection, you know, I've never taken it personally I've always if I'm the 10th person that someone's asked to do something then I'll show them why I should have been the first rather than bitch and moan about not having been the first so I've always had a pretty good attitude with that kind of stuff and it's thus far served me well. No that's a, that's a perfect segue though to the, to the next question I wanted to ask you we're seeing more people who may have a full-time job or jobs starting their own small business or wanting to start their own small business, either as a passion project or something that they hope would provide extra income, what advice would you have for them based on what you've just said and your own experience? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And and one of the jobs you mentioned earlier, Breakfast Radio, we talk to listeners every single morning on air and, and our listeners are essentially everyday Australians. A lot of them live out in Western Sydney all over the country, but they're doing it tough. You know, people are, are not able to afford the things they used to we give away prizes on radio and you know we, we've given away a million bucks to a listener but i tell you what we get the same reaction these days for a hundred dollar voucher that's how tight people's household budgets are so you're right so many people are trying different things and and for a lot of people it's not you know the pursuit of a passion it's genuinely to try and pay the power bills so the advice that i'd give is I mean, it's so cliched, but don't give up. There would have been 50 times where I, I could have easily and justifiably walked away from the baby singlets and, you know, getting stock made overseas, worrying about the conditions in factories because if, if that was ever discovered that we weren't doing the right thing, A, I wouldn't, you know, that's not who I am or what I believe in or, or the kind of way I want to do business. B, if that was found out and printed in the media, the damage it would do, C, all these other things that, that I was constantly worried about where the control that I'd have over my product, how it was made, making sure that people were being paid properly, all those kind of things that for a normal person are a big concern, but someone with a profile, you know, that could ruin my other um, careers if things weren't done absolutely properly. And so, look, it was high risk a lot of the time. It was hard to do the due diligence, but it's worth it. And as I said, the amount of times that I could have legitimately walked away and probably should have. I didn't. There was something that just kept me coming back to it because it was something I truly believed in and and, and love. And the product itself, I, I really do love. And the feedback that you get from people and, and the joy that it brings people really makes it all worth it. So if you've got something that is, say, a passion project, even if you do need the money, believe in it and don't give up. And and 
sell yourself and, and don't be ashamed to go to any length to get your product or your idea in front of people. You know, I got emails back from big companies saying, if this was a good idea, we would have come up with it ourselves. So, you know, there's times you go, oh, actually, that's a really good point. They've been doing this for 100 years. It's not going to work because they didn't come up with it. Well, that turned out not to be the case. So it's, um, yeah, sticking with it, backing yourself and being willing to work hard. You know, my thing in, in television, in in radio, in any form of media, I will always work harder than anyone else. So I'm not the most talented. I'll never be the greatest or the best, but I know that every room I walk into, every panel I sit on on a TV show, every production I host, I'll know that I've done more work than anyone else to prepare for it. And still to this day, from when I started to this day, I could probably relax a little bit and do a bit less, but I'll never stop doing what got me there in the first place. So working hard is something else that that nothing else will ever compensate for for genuine, gritty, hard work. No, good advice and practical advice for our listeners as well. Want to change gears a little bit. Um, mental health is such an important issue for our small business listeners. I read a lot about what you have written and shared about online trolls and your own personal experiences. I'm so glad that you did share those, Erin. Um, that was really important, I think, for you to do that. But small businesses are also often attacked by keyboard cowards. Whether it's dealing with these issues or just the stresses of life, how do you look after your own mental health and stay so resilient? Yeah, it's another great question, Chris. And I think for me, mental health is something from a personal perspective that I've always been acutely aware of the importance of it, but really have only invested heavily in it myself in, say, the last six months, which is, you know, appalling given I'm a 39-year-old woman. I I should have done it 20 years ago, but I, I guess if you get there eventually, I'd recommend every single person listening to see someone, even if it's just once, even if you feel good most of the time. For me, sitting down with a psychologist has been the greatest thing I've ever done. And for me, it took losing my beautiful dad. And and that was the catalyst for me to reach out and say to someone, hey, I genuinely need some help here. I don't know how to survive what's about to happen because, you know, he's my whole world basically. And off the back of that, and I feel like in some ways it's a gift from dad, but off the back of that, I suddenly realized how many other things that I'd either suppressed or hadn't dealt with properly or other things that had happened in my life that I'd never processed. And God, if I thought I'd be using these terms that I used to think were wanky, (laughs) you know, six months ago, I tell you, you're dreaming, but I'm now such a big advocate for getting some help. There is no shame. You know, my whole career, people have said, you're so brave, you're so strong. You stood up to these trolls, you fought for legislation, you got it through parliament, you did all of this, like you just showed up, you kept showing up. And yes, I did. Absolutely. And I'm immensely proud of, of that strength but also now acutely aware of of the damage that it did do to me and, and the things that I needed to actually say I need some help with rather than be strong and do it myself. And I know that it's similar with, with small business. You know, I do a, as I said, we speak to a lot of people on radio on my Sky News show as well. We're speaking to people all the time in regional Australia who are doing it incredibly tough, uh, people on farms, people with businesses that were shut down due to COVID. And there is absolutely no shame ever in talking about your mental health and needing help. And I think we've come so, so far. Yeah, I can't wait for the moment where I'm sitting at home and watching a footy game on TV and in the post-match interview, which I used to do on Channel 9 all the time, the host is asking them, you know, about their mental health that week or whether they've been anxious or how their depression that was diagnosed two years ago is going alongside questions about a torn calf or a, a sprained ligament. You know, I think it is just as common as normal and should be just as mainstream as anything else. So, yeah, my advice to anyone, ask for help. A psychologist 
saved my life essentially six months ago and now has become such a big part of my life. In fact, the poor thing, I'm such a punish. I text her. She's become someone that I almost don't function without and it's just been so incredible for me. Well, the message there from Erin is to look after yourself. All too often, Erin, we hear about small businesses. They look after their customers. They look after their staff. They look after their family, but they don't look after themselves. So really good advice from you there. Um, I want to touch on perhaps the future, Um, the lessons that you've learned from your own business experience. Do you have anything in the pipe that might be a 2024 or 2025 plan for business? Oh, look, at the moment, it's essentially just trying to sustain, just trying to grow, just trying to do what we're doing, but do it better. And I think, you know, for me, I've never tried to go out too quickly, too early. I've always been acutely aware of of my priorities. And for me, and I know that not everyone is is in a position where they can afford to prioritise things uh, when they're trying to run a small business. But but for me, being a mum is my absolute number one. And, and I created this product for her, for Eliza. And my biggest fear in life is looking back and thinking that I missed out on these crucial years with her or that I, I wasn't present even when I was with her. And as a single mum as well, I now share her with her dad. Her dad has a couple of times a week. So time with her is my absolute number one. So from a business sense, anything that I can do after that, that cup is full, then absolutely. But for me, the next few years, you know, the beauty of Best and Less, the beauty of doing a deal with a big retailer like Best and Less is that I know all their processes back to front. I trust them. They're, they're certified in every way, shape and form to do business in Australia. They've got the highest standards. They use the best quality fabrics. All of their factories are tick, 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 every box that you can tick when it comes to paying the right wages, having the right conditions, making sure no children are working there. Um, so it means that I can essentially just focus on the creative and let them do all the business stuff that I'm quite frankly horrendous at. Definitely not my strength. So for me, it, it's being able to allocate tasks to other people and focus on, you know, for example, this morning, a real life example, I'm, I'm looking at uh, a news website and I see that Boris Johnson and his wife, Carrie, the former UK PM, have just had a baby. So I then text Lord Marland, who used to be one of his uh, campaign directors over there, saying, can you give me your best address? I want to send Boris some of my baby wear. And he sends back, ha you are ridiculous. Is there anything else that you do? I usually get him on my Sky News show to talk about politics. I said, no, that's basically it, but got his address and have already sent over a package. And, you know, with the hope, and it probably won't ever happen, that maybe Boris and Carrie might take Bubba out publicly and she might be in my clothes and then you get a bit of a spike. And so, so for me, it's that stuff that I can do, focusing on, Rebel Wilson sending her baby clothes, you know, using my Instagram, using my my following, using my profile to do as much publicity as I can and letting them do all the kind of, you know, the the, the other stuff that is just not my field. No, Erin, that's really good advice. Can I thank you? Thank you for being so open and honest today and sharing your own experiences. I think people get a lot of strength, particularly in small business, from hearing from the trials and tribulations of others. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I get so much strength as well from hearing about other people's challenges and and not even just overcoming them because sometimes you actually don't overcome them and that's actually okay as well. But just surviving should be something that we absolutely revere and, and celebrate because surviving is tough enough. We don't always need to beat things and overcome them and, and succeed. Just surviving, I, I've learnt recently, is one hell of an endeavour and, and well done to everyone who does. No, excellent. No, well done to you as well. I'm Chris Lamont. Thank you for listening. We'll be back shortly with another episode of Talking Business.